0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Hawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host Bill Olafstad and co-host sports writer and football analyst Keith Myers as we talk Seahawks football. back, Seahawks fans, to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Alpstead, and here, as always, with Keith Myers. And we're doing a uh, two-times-a-week show, and so this is our Monday version. And uh, in the off weeks, we're just doing a little different. We're going outside uh, normal coverage of the team. We're just kind of, I don't know, this week we're doing an NFC uh, roundup show. Keith, uh, what do you think about the, the two-time-a-week uh, meeting up and talking not only Seahawks stuff, but just uh, looking all around the NFL and bringing it into the show.
1: Well, as long as uh, this quarantine lasts, I am all for it. I mean, this is awesome. Getting together with you, talking football more than once a week. I love it.
0: And we're trying Zoom as a uh, kind of a platform to get together on and over Skype. We've been using Skype for three three plus years now, and today we did Zoom, and it is so much better. So much, so much to better to talk to each other. So that was awesome. Um, so today is the NFC West, uh, kind of look around. We're going to, uh, we, we did that with the Seahawks last week in that we looked at, uh, all the free agency comings and goings. <clears throat> what have the Seahawks done in the off season to improve or not improve? Um, where are they at with adding players, retaining players, um, losing players, etc. We're going to do the same thing around the NFC West with the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, where do you want to get started, Keith?
1: Let's go ahead and start with Arizona. I think uh, they were, let's just work our way up the division from the bottom. Um, the Arizona was a pretty bad team last year. They, they were competitive in a few games, but mostly they weren't. Uh, and, You know They're the team that has the the furthest to go, Um, so let's start there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're a five-win team, not horrible, kind of a team on the upswing a little bit. Um, I think they got better as the year went on, which is a good sign for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kyler Murray emerged. That's the huge thing for them is they got their quarterback. So they got their quarterback. Uh, They've actually had some some competent moves um, as a franchise in the last couple of years, uh, it 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 looked really wishy washy when Rosen was there and they that whole fiasco and getting him out and then bringing Murray in, uh, but uh, they went with kind of an up tempo offense that's kind of suits uh, Kyler Murray and uh, now they begin surrounding him with uh, key players and they went out and and did a massive trade for uh, DeAndre Hopkins with the Houston a uh, ball club that was about as lopsided as you can get in the NFL. And uh, what do you think about that and giving Kyler Murray a weapon to go forward with?
1: Well, I mean, you just gave him the best wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, and that is a lot. I mean, now, I mean, last year it was uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who's like 74, um, and and. <laughs> And they had some other nice pieces uh, on on offense as far as, you know, with receivers and whatnot. But, you know, your when your best player is not who he used to be because of age, um, you know, that says something. So they went and got a guy that they could use as the their primary target, their primary weapon, the guy that's going to pull um, people away from uh, everyone else and still make plays. I mean, they just went and got an absolute difference maker on offense.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and Larry uh, Fitzgerald signed up for one more year with them, which is good. It it provides that room with some stability, but bringing Hopkins in is just crazy. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And they still have Christian Kirk, which I really like underneath, um, Fitzgerald and Hopkins on the outside. That's really nice for them. Um, That'll give them some really nice stability at the position. Um, They also retained D.J. Humphreys, which I thought was a really good signing for them on a three-year deal. Their left tackle, young player, lots of upside um, uh, to help that uh, offensive line. Stay, have some stability there. Um, Zane Gonzalez is coming back on a second-round tender. Kenyon Drake signed his tender to come back and be their running back for their full season. I thought he was outstanding in, what, like, the eight games that he played with them. I was kind of hoping he'd breach free agency, to be honest, and, and maybe he could come in and help the Seahawks a little bit. But that's a really good signing for them. What do you think about uh, G- Gonzalez and Humphreys and, and Drake on the offensive side of the ball?
1: Well, I, I like... Their skill position talent um compared you know there are other teams that aren't as um you know that aren't as good, but um I do like the way that they've uh they've they've put kind of a core group of of talent talented players around him. I don't know if they are going about this in entirely the right way because one of the weaknesses of this team. Has been their offensive line And while Humphreys getting him back Stops them from getting worse They never got better And so, you know, basically what The Cardinals are doing Is what the Seahawks did To Russell Wilson uh, After, you know, the 2013 2014 years when They're like, okay, he's gonna Run around and extend plays And make plays and, and make people miss So we don't have to put as much On the offensive line because we're going to let him do all the extra work, and I don't know. That's not uh, a
0: bad formula. It, I mean, I it, for a young young quarterback I think though, it that is can a, run,
1: I think it is a bad formula because we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks that have emerged and looked good, and then the teams went about uh taking care of them incorrectly, and they just got sacked. Yeah, no, I, into, I hear you, and they get ruined. I and I, but. I hear you, but
0: their offense is designed to get the ball out quickly, and um, if he doesn't, you know, if he avoids sacks and avoids having to run out of the pocket, um, it's a it's a decent strategy, and and they still have like three picks in the top seventy two picks. They've got the eighth pick overall, the uh, fortieth pick overall, and the seventy second pick overall, and you know, at being. the eighth pick in the NFL draft, you could get one of the top two NFL tackles in that draft if you intended to.
1: Well, and I don't think they're going to because they re-signed Humphreys to be their left tackle. So I I think that they're in a position. And they really
0: need help on the defense. God, their
1: defense is terrible. We haven't even got to there yet. Um, (laughs) But they're, they're, um, they're, if they're looking for they don't need a left tackle so you you don't take someone at eight you you wait and you use your second pick on a right tackle or, or or your third pick on a guard um they can wait and it's just one of those things where they're not um yeah they're just they're not beholden to using that first pick on the offensive line if if they want to improve that for their quarterback i'm just not convinced that uh you put all these pieces together without sufficient time and a lot of their success last year had to do with the fact that they were the only air raid team in the league. And, you know, if you look at what happened with Chip Kelly and his college offense and the NFL caught up to it and it just didn't work anymore. Um, And I'm concerned that the air raid is going to have a similar uh, problem as we go into year two and then eventually year three for it. Um, We'll see.
0: Well, I think talent trumps all that kind of stuff and and they need talent and they are a talent deficient team. That's why they have five wins, but they are on the upswing. Um, They're, they're trying on the defensive side. They went out and added four pieces in, in free agency Um, beyond Hopkins. All of it was on defense, Um, defensive lineman, Trevon Coley he signed a vet minimum deal, Devondre Campbell from the Falcons on a one-year, $6 million deal, linebacker Devin Kennard from the Lions on a three-year, $20 million deal, and Jordan Phillips, to me, is the most intriguing guy for them. <clears throat> Defensive tackle, uh, three-year, $30 million deal from the Bills. I think that really helps them in, in the middle. They They really were poor last year. I mean, Seattle's defense really struggled, and I think we were probably the... Twenty third defense in the NFL, but uh, the Cardinals were even worse, and so they they really do need some some talent there. Um, but they didn't have a tremendous amount of cap space to work with, um, but uh, no, they I, did what they could.
1: I like the I like the addition of um, of Jordan Phillips uh, to the defensive line. I think that's a a really good uh, pickup for them. It's going to help in the middle. Um, you know, Canards. A piece. Um, he's a piece, yep. You know, and that's...
0: But he's better than anything they
1: had. Oh, which is saying so much. I mean, Cassius Marsh got considerable playing time last year, which will tell you just how rough their outside linebacker uh, group was. But, you know, I'm I'm not convinced that Canard's a difference maker. And to... I mean, they gave him quite a bit of money, Um you know in order to come in uh they just need help on defense they need a safety yeah. they need at least one corner they need a pass rusher um yes. and they yes. and they could use a, a middle linebacker that um can tackle i mean they just they need a lot of key pieces on i that think
0: defense. they're really counting on those top 3 draft picks to come in and have an immediate impact which a young team will need that help a five win team is going to need to depend on Some starters out of the draft and, you know, they're just one of those teams that is going to need to take that leap. Now, if they do, especially in the second half of this next season, I think they could push the Rams out of the way um, for that uh, third spot in the division and get out of the, the basement.
1: Yeah, That's, you're you're not going out on, on a limb with that take, I don't think.
0: Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about the Rams. Yeah. Let's talk about them. Sean McVay, you know, that whole brand-new, smelly, nice car is now kind of figured out, and uh, it's got a few creaks, and, and the windshield's cracked, and um, they paid their quarterback a ton of money to drive the car, and he is not as good as at least the Rams thought that he was, I mean, they gave him all that money. They really didn't have a lot of choice when they did. And it's really backfiring and it will continue to backfire for a long time for them. Um, which is good for all of us, uh, bad for them. Um, the Rams retained Michael Brockers. Now Brock didn't Brockers go out and sign a contract and then it it went south or what, what happened there?
1: Yeah. He signed, um, a contract with the Ravens and then, uh, Somebody I don't I didn't didn't catch who backed out of it um usually the only way that you can I mean I guess we, he didn't sign a deal he agreed to terms yes with nobody the signed a deal yet really
0: um I mean they have but not yes not everybody
1: um he's ag- he agreed to terms with the Ravens he was going to be a Raven and then that fell through and so then he turned around and went back to uh the Rams which is good for the Rams um, Three-year,
0: thirty-one point five million dollar deal.
1: Yeah, because they they really needed uh, some defensive line help. Because when he when it was that he was leaving, their defensive line looked like it was going to be Aaron Donald, and we yeah. have no idea. I mean, literally everyone was gone. Fowler was gone. Brockers was gone. I mean, they were.
0: And Littleton in the middle was gone. I mean, that yeah. middle of their defense is going to really suffer.
1: And so they were. You were looking at you. Know, who are they going to play? I mean, they just didn't have bodies uh, on the defensive line, other than you know, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL <laughs> in sure. Aaron Donald, but he can only do so much, right? You need at least you know if you you don't need, you need four starters in that defense, and they had one, um, and I think that that is um, you know a major problem. Now, getting Brockers back gives them you know that five tech. Uh, guy and it's a good like fit yep. for their off or their defense. It's a good like scheme fit. He you know he's been there. He's been effective there. Um, they still need a lot of help. Let's well, they not... did
0: lose. They did lose Fowler. They uh, to the uh, Falcons on a three-year, forty-eight million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. Outstanding for Fowler. You know the Falcons. Boy, they paid for that. But man. Um, And then, uh, like I mentioned before, Corey Littleton signed a three-year, $36 million deal with the Raiders. He's no longer there. They released Clay Matthews, who was their other kind of outside edge kind of guy that dropped back into coverage. Uh, they did bring in Sean Robinson to stuff the run on a 2-year 17 million dollar deal and outside linebacker Leonard Floyd who's going to take over for Clay Matthews on a 1-year 10 million dollar deal. That's actually a, a decent signing. A little bit much to pay a linebacker, but we're doing the same thing with KJ Wright. So Yeah, I mean it's it's
1: 1-year uh, 10 million. I'm Okay, uh, I like Ashan Robinson. He is a you know he's only twenty five, uh, and they got him on a two year deal. Which that combination is like okay, I like cool. that. Um, yeah. But you know he is a big body run stuffer. He's going to be basically be Corey, uh, or not Corey Littleton because he's the uh, linebacker. But um, he was going to be their nose tackle. You know the the guy that's going to line up next to Brockers um, on ones with Brockers on one side and and. Um, uh. Aaron Donald on, Aaron Donald on the other um gotcha. so he's going to be in, the, in in the middle there and so um but here's but the thing is he offers he's he offers you nothing on passing downs he's just a, at that point he's a body you can let your center block him and he's not going to do much um he is a guy that you don't move uh against the run but he's not going to be uh in the backfield creating pressure if a quarterback can move and get away from Aaron Donald uh, then you, you don't have a guy that's going to be there to clean everything up. Um, and that's what they need still. Um, they had that with Fowler and they, you know, lost that. And that's a, uh, that's a real problem.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And they'll, they'll have to figure that out. Now there's, you know, still a little bit of time left to, to sign guys or, uh, the draft and uh it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yep. they, did. Uh, they, they also, also go saying, ahead.
1: we were talking about um you know the linebackers getting Floyd in to replace Clay Matthews. I mean that's um probably an upgrade. Clay Matthews a is, big a, upgrade. is a nice name, but he hasn't been a good player for a couple of years. He's just now a dirty um cheap shot guy and and right. and, and doesn't give you much else. Um whereas, you know, Floyd's a decent player, but you know, Corey Littleton was there uh, Bobby Wagner he was the guy in the middle he was the guy that
0: he was the he, NFL's leading tackler
1: yeah I mean he was he was the guy that really made uh, their defense go outside of Aaron Donald and he's gone I mean he's with a well and their defense a, was middling anyway Yeah they were worse than that they were just they were bad and then you take out you know one of your best pieces um, to lose both Fowler and Littleton from that defense is going to be really hard to uh, put together, and then you talk about they also lost um, Nickell Co- Roby
0: Coleman. Yep,
1: on the back end, uh, yes. their their cornerback uh, who went to Philadelphia, and this is a person that the Seahawks were looking at as a you know to come in and be that starting nickel corner. Um, he ended up going going to Philly, but this is he's that's a good player. That's a good player who is not limited in that he has to have a boundary beside him in order to be successful. Uh, he can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. Just overall good cover corner. Probably their best corner. Um, and he's gone too. So, I mean, that's three huge pieces. Well, hold on. Defense.
0: Didn't uh, didn't they trade for somebody last year uh, that's their best corner?
1: I oh, you know what? You're right. Um, they did. They The guy from Jacksonville. Um,
0: I can't remember. Anyway.
1: Yeah, the, I was yeah because in my head I was thinking oh Peter's left uh, when they traded him, but I forgot that they they went and got. Yeah, I don't them. have
0: their roster in front of me, so I I don't I can't remember. They also re-signed, and check this out: re-signed Andrew Whitworth, who's like you know eighty <laughs> to a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. That's crazy That's for crazy. for that. And the thing I, is that
1: they're they're locked in on that because of the guaranteed money. They're locked in for two years, yeah, 19 and a half million of it. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the third year there is, um, you know, you have your extra $11 million. They could get out of that, but you're still talking about I mean, he's 38 now. We're talking about a 40-year-old uh, two years from now at left tackle, and they're paying him as his starting left tackle. So, I mean, that's, that's going to that, be... That's if, amazing, really. If, if he shows any sign of age whatsoever, I mean, that's just that that's just a rough uh, situation i have to them. hand
0: it to andrew whitworth though dude i mean if you can play like that and you can get a contract like that at 39 years old come on yeah i mean it is what it is but i don't anticipate having um having our left tackle you know still playing at that age so no, i mean uh, that, that's that's huge yeah, really for him
1: i mean brown's probably got uh, two years left in him I mean we'll see how this year works out last he year was it, a, he it was just
0: noticed he just noticed a drop off I mean he really he was ravaged by injuries that mm-hmm. really never quite allowed him to play 100% but that's the way you get you know that age thing starts to show itself at at first is kind of injuries and you can't heal as quickly and you know any, um, how about we, t- we talked about Seattle last week in detail. So I think we'll skip over Seattle. Um, there's really no change from the last time we recorded. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers and, and Kyle Shanahan's team. Um, and we've been talking about this, Keith, for like three years with John Lynch. That they, um, when Kyle and John came over as a kind of a tandem uh, three years ago, they didn't have a lot to work with and that team was definitely on the decline had been on the decline uh, since Harbaugh left and to to write that ship and you could see it coming you know they they accumulated draft picks they made some nice decisions in free agency including Richard Sherman they did uh, some really nice things um, and got a lot of players and then went out and got their quarterback we didn't really know what they had in their quarterback he's still kind of like that i hate the game manager kind of Thing, but he's kind of a game manager quarterback. He's not a big play guy. He's not a guy that's going to get you a win from behind under pressure. But he's not going to lose games for you. Um, And he he
1: takes care of the football, which I think they need. Yes, but he isn't. He isn't. You know, Drew Brees or Russell Wilson or um, you know one of those guys that can go win. He's not a top
0: ten quarterback, but he's not a he's not a bottom thirty quarterback either. He's a you know fifteen to twenty you know, ranked quarterback who's going to take care of the ball and get you, uh, you know, he's going to get you what he's going to get you. But he's not going to, like I said, he's not going to go out and win games. And then they, you know, they did a lot. They they spent a lot of money this year, I thought, um, retaining Eric Armstead, five-year, $85 million deal. Holy cow, that's a lot of money for Eric Armstead. Okay. I yeah, mean, they, he earned it on they, a one – they could go not.
1: Ahead. They could not afford to lose him. I
0: agree. They couldn't afford to let him go. But they, and they and they traded DeForest Buckner, uh, which is the better player of the two. But they got tremendous compensation for Buckner and a uh, th- for the Colts first round draft pick this year, which is the 13th overall pick. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of that 13th pick for the 49ers is is huge for their future development of whoever they take. I mean that's. That actually keeps their team relevant, I think, you know, for a little bit. Um, And they kept Ronald Blair at defensive end, who's a value pick for them. Sean Sean Coleman signed his tender. Ben Garland at guard. Jimmy Ward at safety. A three-year, $28 million deal. Um, And he's a great safety. I really like him as a safety for them. Kendrick Bourne, uh, wide receiver. Matt Breed signed his tender Uh, running back among other type of fillers but they lost Sheldon Day which I think is an underrated defensive tackle for them linebacker Elijah Lee Mike Person was released at tackle they lost Emmanuel Sanders wide receiver which actually turned out really well for them on a on a one-year deal um, among others and then they went out and signed Travis Benjamin uh, wide receiver to a one-year deal Uh, I don't know what you can expect out of him Tom Compton, Kerry Hyder, Joe Walker, guys we've never heard of on one-year deals. And that's really it for them. Um, so I don't know that they necessarily helped themselves. And you can argue by losing Buckner that they were actually worse off than they were.
1: Yeah, I mean, what their their goal uh, clearly in this offseason was to retain guys. To go yes. and keep their core, keep their team together as best they could. Um, they losing Buckner, um, and Sheldon day, that combination is going to hurt their defensive line. Uh, you know, Sanders was one of their better wide receiver options and he's gone. Um, but they were able to get that 13th overall pick back. And so I expect them to go use that on either a playmaker on offense, like a, you know, a big time wide receiver, uh, to replace Sanders and, and give, uh, Garoppolo, um, another big target or to replace Buckner and, and yes. go, go get a, a, a defensive lineman that, that that can be a difference maker. And so what they're going to end up with is ultimately, um, they're going to be okay. I mean, they really are. You either, you're either going to have the offense be similar, um, and the defense be slightly declined, or you're going to have the defense be similar and the offense, slightly declined, but given where they were and, uh, you know I mean I think they're in in um in good shape overall. I mean they're that's going to be a tough a tough out. And uh, I think
0: I misspoke to the uh, I think the Colts pick is the 17th pick.
1: Is it the 17th? Overall. Well still. I mean you're <clears throat> you're still talking about a middle first round pick, right? Um not top 10 where you're going to get like a superstar but not at the bottom where you're
0: You're going to get a premier player at his position in college football.
1: Yes, you are, and so that's going to. I mean, they're going to get a guy that really matters, and, um, you know that it's good. I mean, Buckner turned out to be like a star, and so they lost that. And you hope that when you give up on a guy like that, and you get a a high pick, you hope that you hope that you can get you know at least an equal quality player. And I don't know if they're going to do that. Um,
0: nonetheless, it's a smart play still. by John Lynch. If you really think about it, I mean, the, the, just the cap number on Buckner and Armstead, I mean, they could only retain one yep. and you've got to do moves like this in order to stay relevant. And, you know, you don't notice these type of moves right now, but I guarantee you that first round pick in a couple of years, not, it's not a guarantee obviously, but if that pick turns out it it's it's you know it's a 5 year deal basically on a on a low cost contract for a premier player and that's how you run a solid uh franchise and i think john lynch has mm-hmm. that figured out i mean that's a that's a that's a really good deal
1: yeah i mean cap space wise they didn't you they did not have the ability to keep both guys uh they they knew they could they could keep armstead they had like you know a contract that they could make work and um, so they did that and they let uh they traded Buckner for that draft pick that is gonna be really useful for them. If nothing else, then it's what it's gonna do is it's going to space out when, you know, these players are coming up. Because right now having them both totally. be, having them both uh, you know, become free agents uh, you know, in the same couple of years makes life challenging for them. So now you've got it spaced out where it's like, okay, if we have to replace one through the draft or through a free agent signing okay well you know we'll work around that but we don't have to play we don't have to replace both at that at that position and so you end up with um where it's just a much more easily uh planned for and worked around situation so i i thought it worked pretty well i if i was them i would have kept buckner and traded armstead but yes because i think that at that point you're keeping the better player um but you know you do what you can (laughs)
0: That's true, I mean the both you know the player and the agent and the team all have to play the same game, and if you're not all on the same page, you know mm-hmm. they did what like you said they did what they could, so that's kind of the you know the go around um in the n f c west keith um you know s- through free agency um which team improved the most, which team has not and, and include the Seahawks into that discussion
1: honestly, right now, I think. You don't really have any team that's truly improving a lot, except for maybe Arizona, but they had so far to go. I think that DeAndre um,
0: Hopkins thing just put them over the top,
1: and that's the thing is it's it's that one that one move. The rest of their stuff is like I just don't find that interesting. Um, although I do like Phillips in the middle um, of their defense, but it's still that's not enough. Um, the Rams are going down the. 49ers. I think the
0: Seahawks are underrated.
1: I think the 49ers are going down at least at this point. We'll see what the draft um, comes out because you know the with the Buckner loss um, and then the Seahawks. I mean, they we don't really know what they are.
0: <laughs> I mean, let's point. break it. Let's break it. Let's <laughs> let's really look at what the Seahawks did. Okay, because since we did really break the other ones, let's quickly just do what the Seahawks did. They retained Jeron Reed. They got back Hollister. Uh, Joey Hunt, Brandon Jackson, David Moore. David Moore's still got some upside. Mm-hmm. Luke Wilson's kind of the fourth tight end at this point. They lost um, George Fant, who was a sick number six wide, uh, offensive lineman for the Seahawks. Now, he's got upside, but he's unproven. Mm-hmm. Number six offensive lineman. Jermaine Effetti, nobody wanted him. He wasn't coming back. He'd signed a one year deal on a, you know, close to a minimum deal with another team. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, I think, was <clears throat> was arguably the, the biggest loss there. Two years, $13.5 million with the Bills to, to go play uh, like a, a three tech for them. Al Woods, uh, Run Stuffer. Um, and then we still don't know on Ansa and Brown and Apati and Procise and Gordon and Kendricks, Lynch, Smith, Thorpe, King, all to be determined. Um, but they added B.J. Finney, likely a starter on our line, whether it's at guard, depending on what they do with Britt, or at center, uh, a backup in Cedric Abuhi. um, Brandon Shell looks like the lighty, likely right now before the draft starter at right tackle. They got Quentin Dunbar in a trade for a fifth round pick, likely at like a top ten corner in the league for a fifth round pick. Uh, Bruce Irvin on the edge, which still has a little bit left in the tank. He had eight and a half sacks last year. Philip Dorsett could come in and possibly be the third wide receiver for the Seahawks and an underrated kind of a, a low-cost signing. They got Greg Olson by, before free agency started to come in and kind of hold down the fort a little bit while Disley recovers. And if Disley comes in, that room all of a sudden with Hollister looks actually really nice and then chance warmack who's trying to get back in the in the league to me that's that's kind of an underrated in the division sort of roster building right there
1: yeah but they the problem that i have and the reason why i'm not going to be like okay so the, they're the they're the big improved team is because their defensive line oh they've
0: ignored was, the defensive line,
1: which was not good last year um, and has lost Quentin Jefferson, who was kind of an underrated, uh, you know, contributor and Clowney is unsigned. He's still out there. And so if he leaves and you lose Jefferson, um, now you're taking what was already a pretty bad offensive line and you're line, lo- or sorry, defensive line. And you're losing, um, a bunch of, of the talent that you had. So now you're talking about like, you know, a group of guys that Combined are, are going to be you know bottom feeder uh, as far as talent groups So I mean that, and that's the type of thing that can that can hamstring an entire team and yeah uh, no, I, You're right and so because now you're taking You're not gonna be able to stop the run. You're not gonna be able to get a uh, pass rush. You're going to be for you forcing guys to cover for a long time, which makes your corners Not as good and you're going to be asking your offense to put up a ton of points in order to keep you in games and that's a recipe for, you know, generating turnovers. Um, it is
0: confounding, Keith, that they've gone this far into free agency and not address their most pertinent and issue-filled position group um, at all. And it's uh, it's concerning. I mean, it really is concerning. I'm concerned, but I, I have to keep reminding myself that, you know, this is the first leg in a four-legged race and um it's it's hard to it's hard to n- know that they're absolutely not done addressing that situation but having n- addressed none of it is not comforting nonetheless
1: yeah and so i mean obviously they are going to go in we we've known this from the beginning they're probably going to get um two of their top you know three or four draft picks are going to be defensive linemen. Um, but you don't want to go in uh, to a draft saying, okay, we have to get this, because that's when yeah. you reach. That's when you uh, don't let the draft come to you. That's when you um, get a position rather than a value. Well, that's what they
0: did last year with Collier. You know, you don't want to do that times three.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's what they did uh, with a Fetty when they drafted him, it was what they did with uh, Carpenter when they drafted him. I mean, these are situations yes. where uh when the Seahawks go and they they they're in that situation, they tend to not do well with their pick um whereas they're much better when they wait they wait, they trade down, they let the draft come to them, they go find value, they go find good um good players at positions that they don't know you you don't think you need them yet, uh but they're a player you can't pass up um when they can do those kind of things that's when you know not just the Seahawks but any team um drafts well and they're going into this year's draft knowing that you have to get impact players on the defensive line and that's not a great position to be in
0: yeah. you know i'm not exactly sure what's going on with the clowny thing because the parameters for for any deal that he's going to get are pretty well established at this point You know, it comes down to who does he want to play with and what contract does he want to sign. He's got a short-term deal sitting out there. He's probably got a long-term deal sitting out there. Maybe not at the value that he wants, but it's not going to get any better. Mm -hmm. You know, so what is he waiting for? Is he wait? You know, it's it it's difficult to see what he would be waiting for other than putting as much pressure on the Seahawks to raise that price up a little bit more because they start to panic. Yeah, um, which is possible.
1: <clears throat> I mean, he's got an eighteen and a half million dollar offer there by by Seattle. I think what he's waiting for is for the Titans to come in and be like, "Okay, we're we're going to match that, or we're going to go above it." Uh, because if they come in and they go, "Okay, well we'll go nineteen or nineteen and a half," then that changes the market. But because it's known, it's out there that the Seahawks have that eighteen and a half million dollar a year um, offer sitting there, and if the titans aren't willing to match it or if they start looking elsewhere um to me everson griffin becomes the the wild card here because he's sitting out there too and if seattle goes and signs him uh well first of all they would ideally they would sign both but if they go and sign him they go okay we've got we've added someone who would be uh who improves our our current situation we're now less desperate um and so that would kind of do things. Or if Tennessee goes and signs uh, Griffin, that means any offer that they've got other than the, the shorter one- or two-year deal at like $13 um, million a year is going to be off the table. Uh, and so then he would turn around and, and jump at, at signing with Seattle. Um, I, so I really think that, that Griffin holds the key to getting Clowney to move. I think NFL teams are waiting on Clowney before they move on to Griffin. Um, And so I think that's a situation where you can, uh, if I'm Seattle, I'm going, okay, well, let's start talking to Griffin. Let's get him, uh, let's get him an offer. Let's get him, you know, uh, get that figured out because that can put, that'll instantly turn around and put the pressure back on Clowney uh, rather than it being currently on the Seahawks.
0: Well, and just a reminder too, uh, even if we sign Clowney, we're no better than we were last year. Um, and, and minus Jefferson and Woods, two of the better players on the on a poor defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then yeah, you bring Griffin in. Well, if it's Griffin over Clowney, that's a step back a little bit. It is. Um, and then but if, if you bring both of them in, um, you still need a Quentin Jefferson replacement. Uh, hopefully, maybe even an upgrade. And maybe you get that in the draft. And that's cool. Um But it's 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 around the it's. I feel like we're doing this around the margins. You know, we still need some speed. We need Griffin's not going to help you with team speed. Uh, Clowney's not going to help you with team speed. Um,
1: No, but Dunbar did.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. The back end looks decent. The back end looks
1: really nice. You mean you've got you've got um, your three your top three corners and. Uh, possibly your your nickel corner in Amadi, uh, already there on the roster. You've got your top three safeties there on the roster. Um, you I mean yeah. you, have, you have three starting quality safeties and and uh, three, three starting, starting quality, quality corners. corners. Uh, yep. And maybe, like I said, and maybe four. I mean, really, we we don't quite know everything that we have in Amadi, but we do know that when he played at the end of the year and in the playoffs at that nickel spot, he did well. Um so I think he's I think
0: he's he's definitely got some upside and I'm looking forward to him. Oh
1: yeah. And so what you have is you have those that combination. Um the back end is great. Uh at linebacker, you know, you've got your three starters and um perhaps a guy in Irvin who can play some uh strong side linebacker for you. Um and so you're you're looking at three and a half guys there. Uh, that's a pretty good group, although I would love to see them add some more, another Cody Barton, another young, fast, uh, guy to the mix in the draft. I, I expect them to. So, you know, really the back seven positions are in, yes. re- in a really nice shape. And even at defensive tackle where you've got, um, Reed and Ford as your starters, there's no backup. There's no, I mean, Monet is a nice, um, rotational guy but he's not you need you need another guy right um you, you need something there but at least you have your starters it really comes down to pass rush they're defensive yeah. well end, we've
0: got rasheem green and we've got collier who have look good on paper um green as far as green is, prospects
1: green has flashed uh like explosiveness and playmaking ability but that's it he's, he's flashed it. he's never he's He wasn't able to produce results consistently, Um, but he has shown the potential, you know, in these flashes of brilliance, and so he's a guy that we might be able to count on, you know. But Collier showed nothing, Uh, and granted, a lot of that was because of, you know, he just missed out on injuries and and it was just kind of a lost year for him. But you're expecting a ton out of a couple of one guy who's uh, unproven, another guy who honestly hasn't shown that he is even a NFL player. Um at this point. I mean th- those are the guys you're counting on to be your starting ends. That's not that's not a recipe for success in any way.
0: <sighs> and here I was trying to be positive. So, um
1: here we go. Let let's let's do it this way. Um uh <laughs> let's look at the over under win um and, and for each of the teams and we'll go uh with but are you going to take the over or the under so um let's start at the top the 49ers at uh 10 and a half
0: wow well i don't think that they've done anything to to get a lot worse so i'm going to go over but barely
1: so i'm going to take oh. the i'm going to take the under on that i just um to me
0: you really think that they fall from 13 to below 10?
1: I think they don't have. Or a, 10. <clears throat> I think they don't have one of the weakest schedules in the NFL this year. And even equal talent will end up being less wins. And then you lose Buckner and uh, Sanders. And I think that it's enough. They also had really good injury luck last year. I mean, they're, none of their core players um, got hurt. So uh, I could see them having a couple injuries and and falling off. So I'll take the under, but again, I think that's a really nice line at, um, at half. Um, and so, uh, so the Seahawks are at nine and a half.
0: Well, your prior, they were 10 wins. They were 11 last year. Uh, they haven't really done anything to me to completely tip the scales, you know, forward to, to really excel them into the next level yet. Uh, before the draft Um, but I can't see them doing any worse than 10 so I'm over
1: now I'm gonna go over uh, I think just the improvements on the offensive line and uh, the fact that Pete Carroll has as said that you know we're looking at an offensive scheme uh, shift away from being so low scoring so low tempo Um, and I think that's a good thing so I, I would go the over just on those things But man, that defensive line still worries me. Yeah, Um, that worries
0: me a lot. If they don't do anything on the defensive line and they depend on the draft, that could really um, change that dynamic.
1: So the Rams are uh, nine even.
0: I don't believe that. What? Um, To me, the Rams are on the decline, and it's not even close. I would say that they're... They're a seven and nine team on the upside.
1: Mm-hmm. I say take the so un- under, take the under, t- and go way under. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just just losing like Gurley uh, on the offense, and uh, I mean their offense now is entirely um, Jared Goff dependent, and he's he showed. His first two years, his first year in the league, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history statistically. Second year, he was below mediocre. Then he had that great breakout year in year three. And then last year, he was back down to being, you know, average to mediocre. So are you really expecting that one breakout year where he looked really good to be the long term, like that's what we're going to get out of him? Or are you going to look at the other three years? And to me, I can't look away from those other three years and think that, that he's going to be a great player. Um, and now they're counting on him for everything. I'm thinking this is like a six win team. Um, they're on the decline. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I could totally see that just going south in a hurry. Um, so yeah. Would, and you
0: don't have a quarterback like Russell Wilson who's going to guarantee it, you know, eight wins on his own. Yeah. Uh, right. And so you're looking at Jared Goff there. Who's not able to do that on his own and when you when you're declining at all the other position groups as a as a whole, you're right. I mm-hmm. think that they could they could end up being bottom dwellers in the NFC West this year. Six wins, seven, you know, right in there. I don't also, think it's gonna be four, but it's not gonna be nine.
1: They also don't have a first round pick in the next two drafts.
0: Did not know that.
1: I mean they traded one uh in the Jalen Ramsey trade, which is the cornerback that I couldn't remember his name? That's correct. Um, <laughs> but I mean, a great player, absolutely great player. Love uh, would love to have him in a Seattle uniform. Um, but you know, when you're a a, a team that's on the decline, that's lose that that's losing talent, and you don't have first round picks to go help supplement your roster, it hurts. Yeah.
0: Well, um, there you know, the Rams are in the similar position the Forty Niners were uh, right after. Harbaugh left. Mm -hmm. It's getting to that situation where the cap is low. They've got uh, a a poor quarterback situation and everything else is declining and people are getting older and they give a, you know, three or $30 million to a, a contract to a 39 year old left tackle. I mean, that's where your franchise is at. That's not a good look.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the bulk of their cap space is, um, in Jared Goff, Jalen Ramsey, um, and Aaron Donald. Um, I mean, that's...
0: Jared, Jared Goff has the highest cap hit of any NFL player in 2020 at $35.5 million. God, that's
1: brutal. Uh, okay, and then the, one, the other team that's left is uh, the Arizona Cardinals at six and a half.
0: That's a decent uh, line if you're a betting man. Uh, you take the over on that.
1: I would take the over on that as well. I here's the thing of those four lines. I think they they hit uh, San Francisco, Seattle, and Arizona really well. I like, um, you know what I mean. Like the, to me, if I'm I'm looking at, it, I'm like, man, those are those are really tough calls, which makes them good lines. Um, the Rams one just makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, well, and it's hard to go from five wins to seven. Even if even if you, you improve that that little hump right there that you need to get over as a franchise is significant. But with Kyler Murray there, DeAndre Hopkins, and some improvements to come in the draft and and uh, what they've done in free agency, that team, Keith, is at least an eight win team. I think this year and will push. If things fall right in the second half of the year, that team could push for nine wins and sneak into the playoffs under the new playoff scenario.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think their defense is good enough to get them there. I
0: But that's where they're going to spend all their capital in the draft, I think.
1: Even still, you're talking about a lot of young players, a lot of rookie mistakes, a lot of... Uh, they don't really have... They don't have a I know, but
0: talk there. about a fun team to go play for. I mean, that would be a that would be a fun team to to start to follow if I was a, a fan just getting getting into the NFL oh yeah a young team with a lot of upside um, with a young quarterback dynamic player and tons of draft capital this year fun fun team to follow
1: yeah I mean they're they're going to be interesting and that's that's the thing when was the last time the Arizona Cardinals were interesting
0: yeah it's been a while
1: Kurt Warner as the quarterback
0: yeah well I mean <laughs> didn't they go to they, they went to the Super Bowl after Kurt Warner once right? But nonetheless you're right steady long-term success has eluded them for a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean they 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 have not been interesting. Um I mean forget being They're good. setting
0: themselves up like the 49ers were a few years ago. I'm, I I just think that they're they're looking at like a, a really nice 4 to 5 year window here where they could actually challenge the Seahawks mm-hmm. for division supremacy as as it as it you know, as it unfolds, we'll see how it goes.
1: the the one The one caveat I would give to all of this uh, praise to Arizona is I am not a fan of Cliff Kingsbury as yeah, head no coach.
0: I am not, and he needs to grow into that role. But I he would.
1: This is a guy who was a failure, got fired um, from as a college coach, and then somehow landed a pro coaching job simply because he was the best they could get. For with that ran that offense like they 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 weren't picking a coach for the coach, they were picking the coach based on the air raid offense that's what they wanted to go do, and a bunch of the you know the bigger name air raid guys said no, Kingsbury said yes, and so that's who they've got. This isn't a guy that has had success as a as a head coach at any level um and so i'm I am scared that he could screw this up and this whole thing could fall apart, uh, which would be really unfortunate. Yeah. Um,
0: right now the team is young enough and it's going to get younger in the draft that um, they're, they're still back in their coach. They're going to, you know, as long as he has the team, mm-hmm. um, I think he'll be okay, but he needs, he needs. Yeah. It yeah. depends on who he surrounds himself with. I mean, a, a young guy like that in a, in an offense like that offensive minded guy, he still needs to pay attention to the defense. I can't, I don't, Know who his defensive coordinator is or what the background is there, but that's a really important position in that on that yeah. team.
1: See, if I was if I had been uh, Steve keim their general manager, and w- was looking at this, um, I would have been okay with with um, Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator, and then you go sign a defensive head coach, someone who can, who will take care of the defense, take care of the leadership, take care of that makes you a know, lot of sense, running managing people, and then you go bring in. Yeah. The offense. I don't um, blame
0: them though, Keith. But they've tried that for a while.
1: I know they, they've they've tried to do those kind of things and it didn't work. So uh, this was this was a you know go big or go home kind of a kind of thing. They're like, no, we have to have this offense. We're going to give them head coaching authority. Um, yeah. And, you know. So well, that it's
0: everything that the Seahawks fans wish the Seahawks were doing. I mean, you got Russell Wilson and you got an offense that's from you know 1980. Look, Chuck Knox, <laughs> ground, ground and pound, right? And yep. if they had uh, Kingsbury, uh, there's a lot of Seahawks fans that would just be like, <sighs> um, "I'm not one of them, but I get it. I get the idea that you want to surround your franchise quarterback, who's extremely dynamic, with a head coach that's like completely offensive minded. I get that. It's just really important that they also pay attention to their defense.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I think that. It- it's like I said it earlier. It sounds like uh, Pete Carroll has seen uh, the light a little bit in terms I'll, of. I'll, um,
0: I'll I'll see if that comes true.
1: Well, true, but w- the fact that he came out and said, "Hey, look, the offense is at its best when um, we go a little up tempo and when we put the ball in Russell's hands." Those words right there st- say to me that they're they're going to do at least do more of it. They may still slow it down. They may still ground and pound a lot, but they recognize that that isn't the only solution and that they can go up tempo at times. And that is a great uh, sign if you're a Seahawks fan. So to me, if you can get a balance, if you can just shift the offense slightly and get Pete Carroll to get that defense fixed, like he did, um, you know, in the the first five or so years of him uh, being here, and then I think they're in great shape, uh, going into the season. But as of right now, you know, they it's just to me if they fix if Clowney signs and they draft a big time, uh, pass rusher for the other side. Uh, you know, what would be the downside? I mean, are, are would who would not other than Forty Nine er fans who is not picking Seattle to win the division?
0: Interesting, Keith. I think it's currently the way the rosters are made up, including the draft potential of the Seahawks. I think the 49ers still have the edge ever so slightly. And it's really hard to get back to a Super Bowl, but they still have the talent to get to a Super Bowl. You have to see if the Seahawks have the talent to get to the Super Bowl. They have to take that step from 11 wins to, say, 12 or 13. um, And only then I will be convinced. I don't think that they can get to a Super Bowl as an 11-win team are staying somewhat s- the same talent-wise. They really need to kind of take that next, next step. I just don't know if that's happening yet or not. Just based on the defensive line alone, you have to question that.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. If if they re-sign Clowney... Um, even that, and an and 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 and
0: and and unproven um, draft pick, even if it's 127 overall, Uter may... Uh, uh, you know that guy. Um, that still doesn't necessarily completely ensure that the problem is solved.
1: Yeah, but I think it's it, still an it upgrade. helps because it, it l- helps. Last but. last year, your your other guy, other than Clowney, was Ansa, who did not. Yeah, but we drafted a
0: years. guy at one twenty seven or one thirty or whatever in Collier that didn't turn out. I mean, you can still make a draft pick at the back end of the first round that's not going to turn out if you're if you're yeah. mismanaged that pick.
1: True. I'm just. For me I I'm looking at this and saying I think that uh I like what Seattle's doing on offense. I like the fact that they're shuffling the offensive line um in order to upgrade the overall talent there and yeah. I which is important and I think that they've done a good job at all their skill position uh, you know, spots. Offensively I think the team's set. Defensively we know the back end is set. I mean that that Dunbar uh yeah. trade is was a is a major like piece for them It comes out of the line if they can get a couple of pass rushers connie and another guy Um that gets them at least back to where they were last year And I, at that point i'm You know, I, I think they've improved and if you've improved when you're an 11 win team playing The second toughest schedule in the nfl Um, then you're a 12 or 13 win team when you're playing a weaker schedule, um, and I, I think they're there, and so yeah. you, you really come down to if they fix the offensive line, or sorry, if you fix the defensive line, uh, the Seahawks overtake the Forty ers and become you know the uh, the favorites. If they don't, if they go into this is really unproven and and they just lack the you know a bunch of talent there, uh, you go in with the Forty ers as the favorite, and as it as it is. Either way, you go into it with the expectation that both of those teams are making the playoffs, especially now that there's three wildcard teams instead of just two. Uh, it It would surprise me greatly if either of those teams, barring like a massive injury to a quarterback, if either of those teams didn't end up in the playoffs.
0: So, coming up on the show on uh, Thursday's uh, recording, uh, April 2nd, is uh, Brandon Schultz is going to join the show for the full hour, hour and a half, however long we're recording, and uh, we're going to talk defensive side of the ball in the draft. So, we're going to take a look forward to the draft at the end of April and looking at defensive players, each one of us, uh, Keith and Brandon, myself, are going to bring some players uh, into the show to talk about. We're going to find out uh, how they fit and why we like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be a great show. Looking forward to that one uh, next week. Um, I don't know that we've gotten that far completely um, as far as what we're what we're talking about. I think we're going to do a mock draft, Keith. Is that correct? That is. We're going to do a mock draft, and we're going to do it live.
1: We're going to do it live. So we've got um, a uh, a draft simulator. We're going to work together. We're going to basically looking at okay, who's coming up? Who uh, can we move down? Who's available? And so we'll look at each pick as it comes based on, on who's sitting there through the simulator and, um, try to know.
0: propose some trades, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and it will be fun. F-
1: see what we can get. Um, it's going to be, uh, hopefully fun, hopefully interesting. It'll be, uh, new for us. Cause in the past when we've done our mock draft shows, we've always, uh, done them offline ahead of time and then come in and we each had our own and talked about it. This one we're going to do live. Uh, so and we're going to work together. I know
0: GM one and GM two. And we're going. What if we don't? What if we don't agree? Oh. We'll have to have a way that we like settle like disputes. <laughs>
1: okay, ready? Uh, let uh, rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny.
0: That's exactly what goes on in every NFL uh, draft room. Right there.
1: Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got a coin. Okay. Yeah. Head? Right. Heads were taking the wide receiver. Tails were taking the defensive end. Go! <laughs>
0: so we're going to be doing that. So that's our next couple of shows. And then, uh, you know, after that, we're going to, we probably do another mock draft uh, show before the uh, before the actual draft. And we'll be talking just players from here on out. It's basically, we're just talking uh, draftable players coming up and getting everybody kind of excited and ready for the possibilities and uh, and, you know, it's something to look forward to considering the time. So the,
1: the draft is going to be weird, weird this year and that. It is going to be weird. It, it's normally this event where you know you got all the the fans there and he, uh, you know all the teams have the representative at the table and they run their card up and hand it to the official and then that person uh, hands it to the um, commissioner or the assistant commissioner or whoever. Later on, you know, someone else from the, the, the office and they walk up to the po- the podium and they read the, the card. None of that's going to happen this year. It's all going to be virtual. It's all going to be um, they're going to be submitting picks via uh, email, I guess, is, is uh, how they're currently planning on doing it. So. Uh, Everything will be there. You won't have any of that. The 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 pageantry. Have you ever
0: sent an email and the person you're sending it to didn't hasn't gotten it like 45 minutes later yet? Yes. Yeah. What? What if that happens?
1: Uh, I don't
0: know. (laughs) I hope they have a backup plan. My guess Um,
1: is. My guess is. I mean, because they they want it in writing. Text texting Um, would be good. Texting uh, would. Yeah. my, My guess is that there's going to be a. You have somebody in the in the room on the phone with the league office um so yeah. you, you type up the email you hit send and they're like H- did you get it did you get it did you get it yes okay okay good well and it, it, it's just like with the uh, when they when they write the name on the card and hand it in uh, cuz they want it in writing um yes. that that was who you picked but ultimately i mean everybody knows who the pick is before it gets announced. Um, It used to be
0: that way. Now that you won't, now we will probably won't have any spoilers out there either. Anyway, Uh, you're right. It's going to be crazy. It's, it's, it is going to be, I'm so happy though, that we still have it mm -hmm. because you know, people need something to kind of, uh, to get away a little bit and who knows what happens after the draft. I mean, the way that the thing's going, who, who knows about the season, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to speculate, but you know,
1: right now I'm, I am, um, starting to to cabin fever it a little bit uh, me and and my kids are you know we've been been quarantined and locked up here for a couple of weeks now, and we're ready to not be doing this. and we still have like a month of this. and so um yeah, you know by the the given the, the draft and the ability to scout players and talk about it with you and and prep for it and and all of that, it's gonna give me something to do, something to look forward to. Um, I hope everyone that's listening, um, you know, can get excited about it as well, even with everything that's going on. It just At some point, we just need things to take our mind off the situation outside.
0: Yes, sir. So until next time, follow Keith on Twitter, at MyersNFL. I am at NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawk's Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com has all of the shows. And uh, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get it into your feed each and every week so until next time keith go hawks 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 playbook podcast listeners thanks for joining us for another edition of the show you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or google podcasts or listen at our website hawksplaybook.com follow us on twitter bill is at nwc hawk keith is at Myers nfl and the show is at hawks playbook see you next week and go hawks
1: Podcast Network.